Would you like to help a college or seminary student attend the Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference? You can purchase a conference scholarship for a contribution of $120 to Issues Etc. You can donate online at issuesetc.org scholarship, or you can make your $120 check payable to Issues Etc., write scholarship in the memo line, and send it to Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Ordinarily, when people open their Bible to do Christian devotion, they do one of two things, both of which are, well, neither of them which are wrong, but both of which kind of end up doing the same thing. Either they say, I'm just going to read through the Bible. Nothing wrong with that. Just a sequential reading of the books of the Bible. They start in Genesis and then they get really bogged down before they ever get out of the first five books. And then they start skipping books and then they try and keep the sequence going. It's easier to do really in the New Testament than it is in the Old Testament. Or they do this. They just kind of randomly read the Bible. Maybe they have a devotional guide that gives them something like a thought for the day, and it's drawn from some place in Scripture, kind of cherry-picked out of Scripture. Why is it important that we coordinate how we read the Bible? That is, that we put together the things that we're reading, not simply picking and choosing here, but bringing things together, reading from this book and that book, in a way that has some rhyme or reason to it, beyond just reading sequentially through the Bible We're going to be talking about praying the Psalms and about bringing the Psalms and the Scriptures together in part eight of our series on Christian devotion with Pastor Brian Wolfmiller. Welcome back to Issues Etc. We're coming to you live from the studios of Lutheran Public Radio in Collinsville, Illinois. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. You can join us with questions or comments or call in number 1-877-623-MIIE. Our in-studio email address, talkback at issuesetc.org. Our Twitter address, at issuesetc. And the Issues Etc. comment line, 618-223-8382. Pastor Brian Wolfmiller is pastor of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado, co-host of a weekly radio talk show called Table Talk Radio, and author of the new resource, The Devotional Challenge Book. Brian, welcome back. Thanks, Todd. So either people sit down and read one book after another, if they can slog through some of the more difficult books of the Old Testament, or they, if in, in effect, randomly read in the Bible. And there are an awful lot of devotional resources out there that kind of encourage the random reading of Bible passages, thought for the day, so to speak. Why is it important that we coordinate what we use by way of Scripture in our Christian devotion? Well, perhaps one of the most important uh, rules that we want to use when we read the Bible is that it interprets itself. This is the key hermeneutical principle, the, the idea that uh, Scripture must be understood in context, and and not only in the context of the text that we're reading, say the context of the gospel or the context of the epistle or the context of the chapter of the historical books, but in the context of the whole of the Scripture itself. So it's important for us to to always have an eye to the periphery, to remember what verse came before and what verse came after. If we just isolate a text, we we uh, risk uh, we have a great danger of making that text into a proof text, kind of shaping it to say what we want it to say. So we will always want to have the scripture in the context, and not just in the context of the book, uh, but also in the context of the whole scripture. This is what we call the rule of faith. 
It's, it's basically the creed, which is the summary of the, the Bible, what, what things God has, has done for us and what he wants us to know. And, and so we read the entirety of the scripture in the context of the whole Bible. So it's really important to kind of balance out the reading of the Old Testament with the New Testament, the readings of the, uh, of the epistles with the gospels, the reading of the Psalms with the prophets, so that we see the whole context of the scripture and we understand how the Bible uh, informs us, uh, informs itself in every different place. So we did talk about the Psalms last time, and we have other scripture readings. How do you go about doing this? Well, I, I, uh, the, last week we talked about understanding the Psalms, and I suggested that there's two main questions that we want to ask. One is, uh, who's talking to whom? And the second is, what's the major image? And that's, uh, those are at least my kind of shortcut questions to get to the meaning of the Psalm. But there's one more thing that wants to come on top of that, I think. And that is when we, when we consider the Psalms as the prayers of the Bible, we, we want to ask ourselves, well, how, what does that mean? How can I, in fact, take these Psalms and pray them. Now, some of them are easy because the Psalms themselves are, are simply prayers. And so we, we pray them and we read them and we're praying them. Out of the depths I have cried unto thee, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Uh, let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. This is just, it's automatically a prayer. And and we so when we read it, we're, we're praying it. But this occurred to me, and again, I kind of, I'm a little bit bashful about this, Todd, because these things are so simple. They're not very profound, but they, they just have come upon me late, but I, I was well, a few months ago, maybe a year or so, was in the sanctuary here at Hope and, and uh, w- was there reading the Psalms, and I realized, hey, wait a minute, I'm praying. <laughs> the Lord is there, and he's listening to what I'm saying. He's hearing these words, and he's, he's going to answer them. And I think that maybe just that simple thing is helpful to take to the reading of the Psalms, uh, to, when we realize that when we pray these things, the Lord is, in fact, there listening to us that this is a true thing that's happening, that the Lord is hearing our prayers and he's answering them. So we want to take the Psalms up this way to pray them, but we don't want to do that apart from the rest of the Scripture. So we want the regular reading of the other portions of the Scripture to be a part of this as well. Okay, so someone is immediately going to object to praying the Psalms. They're, yeah, I know the book's the Bible, but they're still in a book, and I've been taught my whole life that praying <laughs> from books is is uh, vain repetition it can't sincerely be my prayer because someone else, even if it was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, someone else wrote it, and 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 it doesn't really speak to my life. Maybe it parallels it, but it doesn't really speak to my life. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that uh, in two ways, Todd, and say in, on the first, uh, just first pass at that phrase, at that at that whole line of argument, we have to just say that that's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, Jesus prayed the Psalms. The disciples prayed the Psalms. The apostles uh, prayed. The, even the prophets prayed the Psalms. The David himself, who wrote the Psalms, went back and prayed the Psalms. Uh, so the idea that that uh, the, the Psalms themselves are vain repetition uh, that ins, uh, or that uh, argument comes from this really goofy uh, American Christian, probably charismatic argument that if something's not spontaneous, it's not spiritual. And that is absurd. I mean, it's it's very, uh, I mean, all you have to do is state it to see the absurdity of it. You don't really even have to argue against it because the Bible itself, of course, is spiritual. The words that I speak to you, their spirit and their life, says Jesus. So we don't want to take um, the scriptures and the words that the Holy Spirit has, in fact, inspired and call them non-spiritual. Then whatever we do call spiritual is going to be, by definition, against the scriptures and therefore demonic. So we want to be very, very careful. 
But to take a, to take the argument again, I, I want to give it, if we can remove it from the charismatic, ridiculous idea that something has to be um, spontaneous to be spiritual, and and consider, in fact, what Jesus is saying with vain repetition, I'd like to suggest that there is a way that we can come to the Psalms and take them up as our own words or our own prayer and to do it with our own words. I don't think it's necessary, but I think this, I, I'd suggest that this is a good uh, devotional uh, habit to try to develop. When we read the Psalms, we want to say, well, what in fact are these words that David or, or Solomon or whoever's the psalmist, uh, the Holy Spirit has inspired here, what are these words saying and what are they teaching me to pray? And, and I think, and I suggest in the devotional challenge book for, for this week, uh, to, to take the, a verse of one of the Psalms, I think I suggest Psalm 27, and to, and to say, how would I take this Psalm and, and pray it back uh, to the Lord uh, with my own words? Now, again, I don't think this is necessary, but I think it's a good way to engage in the Scripture text, to meditate on what the Lord is teaching us there, and then to turn around and offer those uh, prayers and psalms uh, back to the Lord uh, with our own text. And that aids not only in, in understanding the text, but it also aids uh, in our prayers. It's part seven of our series on Christian devotion today. We're talking with Pastor Brian Wolf Miller about praying the Psalms. It's Monday, April the 24th. He's pastor of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado, and author of the new resource, The Devotional Challenge Book. More on praying the Psalms after this. Do you know the five things you definitely should not hear in an Easter sermon? Better still, would you recognize the five things you absolutely should? Here's a hint. Expect to hear Jesus. Read the April edition of The Lutheran Witness to learn more. Not a subscriber? Go to cph.org slash try Lutheran Witness for a special offer of six issues for only $6.99. The Lutheran Witness, interpreting the contemporary world from a Lutheran perspective cph.org slash try Lutheran Witness. Have you been too busy to get your associate's, bachelor's, or master's degree? Concordia University, Wisconsin offers 50 online educational options. Find out more at issuesetc.org. Click the Concordia University online logo and enter the program code issues to waive your application fee. Concordia University, Wisconsin is here to strengthen and support the church. Lifelong Lutheran Learning. Issuesetc.org and click Concordia University, Wisconsin online. Your lifeline to the Lutheran worldview. You're listening to Issues Etc. Throughout the 50 days of Easter, sacred music for the world. LutheranPublicRadio.org. Listen 24-7 to sacred music for the Easter season. LPR, LutheranPublicRadio.org. At Risen Christ Lutheran Church in Arvada, Colorado, we have simply become captivated by the hilarious notion that God has sent His Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to save the losers of this world. Losers just like us. We proclaim the biblical notion that God saves sinners. 
Embracing the historic liturgy of the church, we confess that we are just that, sinners. Visit us online at risenchristlutheran.org. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Pastor Brian Wolf Miller is our guest, part seven of our series on Christian devotion today, praying the Psalms. So you're talking about putting the Psalms into your own word, but let's be careful here. That's not absolutely necessary. Sometimes, uh, even if we weren't to put them in our own words, they do still speak and pray for us, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think um, uh, if we. You know, maybe as little as we need to change the Psalms, the better, because we have the Lord's words there themselves. But oftentimes what can happen, at least, and I'm just speaking for myself, so this might not be true for any, anybody listening, but but when I'm reading the, the text, I, um, I'll i sometimes just forget. I'll think, I, I got, you know, I'm going to read through the end of this chapter, I'm going to get to the end of this Psalm, and then I'm going to go get after my to-do list. I'm going to go, uh, you know, uh, do the, the real work that's set before me today, forgetting that the, the chief work that the Lord has for us is the work of prayer. Uh, and and so I I, I kind of you, you kind of pass over you you disengage from the words and uh, and to avoid that uh, I find it helpful to say okay out of the depths I cry unto thee O Lord well what's the, you know who's talking to who well it's the the sinner talking to to Jesus what's the picture what's well, a man fallen in a well sinking in his chest in quicksand just being swallowed up by by the troubles of this world I got the picture am I seeing myself there and then what what is the prayer there uh, out of the depths lord i'm i'm sunk and i and i need your help so i'm here and i'm i'm crying out to you and i'm asking for you to to reach down and pull me up to deliver me to help me uh, to save me and this is a, a simply a, really a, a way of meditating on the text of rolling it around in our own minds and our imaginations and our mouths and and praying the text back to the lord but you're absolutely right the text stands on its own uh, we don't have to come up with our own meaning to to give the text meaning but it is a i think a helpful especially devotional thing to do uh to grab those words and to speak them back to god luther loved to do this he would paraphrase the text all the time in fact he, he paraphrases these conversations between uh father and son and he paraphrases the conversations between the people the disciples and jesus and he paraphrases these things and it's really a a, a wonderful exercise to put ourselves there into the text so that we can receive the benefit of what the Holy Spirit has for us there. One thing that, that does come through there when one says, okay, I'm just going to try and put this in my own words, just even just as an exercise, is that that is one means by which these psalms also teach us to pray. They teach us what to pray for. After doing this for a while, it seems as though it's going to be pretty... Uh, kind of become almost a habit to follow the Psalms in the way they pray. Yeah, that's right. It's it's an advantage of me uh, as, as a pastor, because as I'm teaching the scripture, I'll read a passage and then someone will say, uh, hey, pastor, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> and then I got to say, oh, uh, I, don't, I don't actually know. I don't know what that word means, or I don't know I don't know what it's saying there. And you got to go and dig into it and get to that point. Sometimes when we're just reading it by ourselves, we, we can skip over the thing without even knowing what it means. Now, there's a key difference here. One of the ways that uh, kind of American Christianity, evangelicalism, will teach people to read the Bible is that they'll say, well, what does it mean to me? What does the text mean to you? That is the wrong question. The question that we need to ask simply is, what does the text mean? And there's no way that you're going to get those uh, verses, those psalms, into your own words unless you first know what the words mean, what the Lord is, in fact, saying there. So you kind of gave us one example just run another example by us, if you would. 
Uh, sure. Here, here's one. Uh, this is I just opened up to this is day four in the week seven in the devotional challenge book, and, and I just I kind of walk through Psalm twenty seven with different words. Uh, here, here's uh, t- Psalm twenty seven four, one of my favorite verses of the whole text, which says, "One thing I have asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in His temple." Now, the, the questions we want to run through is who's talking to whom? Well, it's King David talking to the, well, really preaching about his devotion. One of the images is this man who has his enemies all around him. His foes are coming to eat up his flesh, he's already told us in the text. But he's not worried about that. The one thing that consumes him is to be in the temple, in the Lord's tabernacle, really, the tent of the Lord, which is where he's safe, and that's his home. The, the Lord's tent is David's home. And he says, the thing that I'm seeking after is to be there to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Well, what's the beauty of the Lord? The, the, uh, you couldn't see the Lord in the temple, but what could you see? You could see the altar where the sacrifice is made. You can see the incense going up. You can see the priest uh, clad in the robes called the Lord's holiness. You see these things and you gaze there upon the Lord's beauty. So this, so the, the way that we might take up this verse and pray it ourselves would be something about, uh, Lord, the, the one thing that I seek is that I might behold your beauty in the death of your son Jesus on the cross, that I might see that sacrifice always set before me, and that the confidence that comes from your crucifixion, the confidence that comes from your resurrection, and the confidence that comes from your gospel means that I'm not afraid of anything else. I'm surrounded by enemies and foes and trouble all around me, but this doesn't trouble me one bit. They won't distract me or, or push me to the right or to the left because the one thing that matters is the, is the gifts that you give in your gospel. So grant me your Holy Spirit so that I may pursue those wholeheartedly all of my life and rejoice in your goodness until you bring me through death to the resurrection and life eternal with you forever. So, so something like this is taking up the text and the meaning of the text and offering it then to the Lord as our own prayer. Then with only a minute here, Brian, this kind of thing, uh, as you pointed out, does become habit forming. It also tends to embed the Psalms themselves into our prayers. About a minute to discuss that. Yeah, I think so. If we're saying that the Psalms are instructing our prayers, it's going to go both ways. I mean, what we want to avoid here, we want to avoid that rote repetition. I mean, it can become dangerous. Jesus warns us about it. But we want to avoid, on the other hand, when we go to pray, all we're doing is kind of pulling out the the dregs of our own heart. No, we don't want prayer to uh, to come out of this place. We want prayer to grow out of the riches of the Scripture. So as we as we every day embrace the Lord's instruction, the Lord's word, especially the Psalms, that's filling up our prayers, shaping our prayers, giving life to our prayers, content to our prayers, and confidence to our prayers, because we know these prayers are in fact the prayers that the Lord wants to hear because he's the one who taught us how to pray them. And that's really quite wonderful. Pastor Brian Wolfmiller is pastor of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado, co-host of a weekly radio talk show called Table Talk Radio. He's author of the new resource, The Devotional Challenge Book. You can download it for free under the Listen On Demand page at issuesetc.org. Brian, thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Todd. When we come back, we're going to be talking about polygamy. Now, polygamy sounds like something that took place a long time ago, but if you stop and think about American culture today, well, there are the Mormons, Muslims in many cases practice polygamy, and The progressives are calling for not only polygamy, but polyamory. 
It's a very current issue, not only an ancient issue. Pastor David Kind, pastor of University of Lutheran Chapel in Minneapolis, will be with us on the other side of the break to talk about polygamy and how it is applicable today. What does the Bible have to say? And oddly, what does the Bible not say about that practice? Stay tuned. There are nearly 20 million college students in the United States. 40% will stop going to church during college. 50% will never return. The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod is seeking to meet this challenge through LCMSU. Why? Because 100% of college students matter to God and to His church. College is tough. You need Jesus. We'll help. LCMSU. Check us out at lcms.org slash lcmsu. How do we find real masculinity with Jesus hanging on a cross? The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for April is titled Man Up, The Quest for Masculinity. It's written by regular guest Pastor Jeff Hemmer. You can find out more at issuesetc.org or call Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040. Men in all stages of life will appreciate Man Up. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month, Man Up, 1-800-325-3040. Dr. Anthony Eslin will be speaking on the topic of imagination and education at the second annual Wittenberg Academy Family Retreat, which will be held at Camp Okoboji in Milford, Iowa on April 27th through the 29th, 2017. Join us and be immersed in God's Word, thoughtful discussions, and family fun. For more information or to register, visit www.wittenbergacademy.org and click on the registration tab. The 500th anniversary of the Reformation approaches. A good time to ask, who are we as confessional Lutherans? What's our heritage? The Confessional Lutherans for Christ's Commission has produced the Layman's Guide to Theological History. Go to the clcc.org and see which of these presentations and books would be most helpful to you and your fellow parishioners. And consider becoming a member with us as the CLCC seeks to help more people know what it means to be a confessional Lutheran. The clcc.org. All theology is Christology. You're listening to Issues Etc. Your pastor has been called to shepherd you as a member of Christ's flock. Doxology offers an innovative program of advanced study retreats where your pastor can be refreshed, renewed, and refocused. Find out more at doxology.us. Many pastors report that doxology has been one of the most valuable learning experiences since seminary. Doxology, the Lutheran Center for Spiritual Care and Counsel. Doxology.us. Doxology.us. If you're like me, you remember when education was about the basic skills of reading, writing, and arithmetic, and about reading great literature and history that gave our kids models of what it is to be a good person. Memoria Press's classical Christian curriculum is bringing this kind of education back. Get $5 off your next order by using the coupon code LPR. For more information, go to memoriapress.com. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time. 